0: Tom, and we are with the Living Truth Podcast. We're glad that you're joining us again. And today I have Tim Kenny with me. Say hi, Tim. Hello, everyone. Yeah, and so Tim's been very involved in our church and the ministry here at New Hope for many years and has served in various ways. But One of the parts of ministry that I know is strong in Tim's life and ministry is disciple-making and we've had an emphasis, we've been talking in the past podcasts about each one, equip one, and we're going to talk a little bit more about this. We've had a few people on, a couple of women, and then we had a guy and a woman and so I thought today... We'll talk a little bit more from a guy's perspective on making disciples and what that in, is involved in. That what is involved in that, and what Tim has done over the years. What we're doing now. I'm going to start with a passage over in Second Timothy chapter two, verses one and two. And so, you remember that Timothy was left to. Pastor of church, and Paul sent this letter to him. And Timothy apparently had some issues going on in terms of being intimidated. And so Paul reminds him in verse 7 of chapter 1 God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self discipline. And of course, that comes from the Lord. And then in Chapter two, he says, you then my son be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And so I was talking with somebody a little bit earlier today about disciple making, and how one of the things that can happen is that we can feel like we're not qualified to do it. And so That's why I'm starting here is because Timothy may have felt that way and we might feel that way. You all might feel that way. And so Paul reminds us and the word of God tells us that our strength is in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. We all begin in grace and we minister out of grace. And then he says, and the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. So there's that disciple-making component. What we've learned, we pass on. And so, Tim, let's just kind of start a little bit with that aspect of not feeling qualified. How do we work through that feeling, that challenge of not feeling like we're qualified? How have you worked that through in your own life? And where are you at with that today?
1: Well, it's a great question. And that's what uh, really uh, anybody you talk about doing this, this is what they bring up. I, I've really yet to run into too many people that's, that feel like they're qualified. And so um, it's really the, the genesis of, of us starting this, what we call each one equip one, uh, is to help people feel more qualified, to, to get a little bit of a training uh, and also, kind of give a blueprint of of how to do this. I mean, the scriptures are a guide, of course, and um, but but that is the challenge. And, and honestly, it's most of the people that I've talked to, they really are equipped. Yeah, you know, we you spoke with somebody today that I spoke to as well, right? Who didn't feel equipped, and we just kept encouraging. Yep. Uh, that she was, and, and she is. But yeah. we um,
0: underestimate ourselves. We do. We
1: and do. Satan uses that sure. to intimidate us. And we also, sometimes when we do that, it's because we, uh, rightfully so, understand like we really aren't really truly qualified. That yeah. we, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. Exactly. And so when we're thinking about ourselves, we, we don't think we can do it, which is, is some, somewhat true. But, uh, but God, uh, with his guidance, we can do it. And if we're willing and obedient. And so really, it's just getting over that. That's why this first generation is so important this, in, in our life of New Hope Church. Uh, you know, organically, this has happened over the years for sure. But as you mentioned, like we've we've really emphasized, like this is really important uh, that we do this and do it uh, really well. It's what we're called to do. Yes, it's it's our main it's our main uh, mission as a, a church family is to make disciples. Uh, otherwise, we're just you know doing church activities. <laughs> and yeah. If, all right. So um, to get over that, I think you just need you know you need a group of leaders. That's what we we're starting with the elders. And leaders in the church with this first generation, that people that are a little further along the line, but they need to be encouraged as well. And then, and then once, once we get the ball rolling, as, for, as you read the Second Timothy uh, verses, um, that's four generations in that passage, and that's what we're we're hoping that uh, this will be be the beginning of a movement, and for sure. it'll just go on and on and on and on for uh, for generations. Yeah, that's what we're Amen. hoping
0: for. Yeah, for sure. So, you have done this in various forms, and I have as well down through the years. So, what is similar in what we're doing, and what is different in what we're doing with each one? Equip one.
1: I think what's similar is you know, you having the basis of the Bible. You know, yeah, using scripture. The Bible. (laughs) Jesus is our example. Uh, you know, we read scripture, we see we, you read the Timothy, you saw, you saw Paul discipling, you know, we have examples in the Bible of what this is like, and obviously Jesus is our greatest example, and so just reading the Gospels uh, is, is what's similar. Uh, what's different, I think, this time is it's, um, it's really more intentional, I guess, and more focused on, on training people and kind of doing this blueprint the same way, trying to get everybody on the same page. And even more so than that, I think it's, it's creating a culture of this. Um, so it's just not uh, the super Christians that are doing this or the pastors that are paid to do this or whatever we call, you know, it's like, no, this is what, who we are. Um, you know, there's a lot of things about our church in particular that you could, when people come in and they, they, they live with us for a while, they realize, Hey, there's a certain culture here. Well, we want discipleship to be a part of that culture. And so it's not just oh this happens and oh Tim's really good at this and Pastor Tom knows how to do this. He's he's got so much training and and so and so is good at this. But no, it's like it's our culture and we're just we just do it. Everybody does it. We're all called to do it. And so whether it's our kids, our spouse or other people, we're all called to do it. And so really that's the difference is we really want to make this uh really part of our culture. Yeah, I
0: like it and so you've done this in various forms down through the years and how have what's been the spark to meeting with people what what how do you go about doing that in your life
1: uh good question the way i've done it in the past is really just through trying to keep my eyes open and my radar to what god's doing uh, like many things and so over the course of time I just prayerfully consider, you know, who would be a person that uh, that would be good to meet with and who's ready to be meet, met with and and that's the other thing about that's scary for some people as as and sometimes we connect people but sometimes people are going out and just asking, "Hey, would you want to do right. this with me for a year or whatever it is?" Yes. And that's scary for folks. But I will say It this. feels
0: like sales or something yeah, like that. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Um I've never had somebody say no. That's the thing. Um That's what I try to tell people. Nobody's ever said no to me. And when you sit down and you say, hey, would you like to get together every week? We'll spend an hour together, we'll have coffee, we'll get into some scripture, we'll do that, you know. uh, They just never say no. And so, so I, I think, like everything, this is not a program. Or I shouldn't say like everything, this is not a program. Yeah. I'll so s-
0: a lot of times these are yes. people that you've already had a right. small group with or begun exactly. a relationship with. Right. So the relational yeah. component is helpful. It, right? it definitely yeah. is helpful.
1: And yeah. and so you're not just picking somebody out of the blue. Yeah, although you, you can. You I, can. I mean,
0: it's amazing. People as, who know Christ are eager
1: 100%. oftentimes to enter in more deeply. I agree. And so like most things we do, we're not very program driven in our family and so this is the same way so we've had a variety of different ways people are connecting so some people are connecting because they they felt called by or led by the holy spirit like i really feel like this person's going to be a person that i should meet with and they've been going and asking and it's been working and they've been connecting and then there's been some where we know you know there's people who are interested in being discipled and we have people who are ready to disciple and we connect them ourselves and so it's not either or it's both and 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 we're just going to let the Holy Spirit guide however it works out. But, uh, but it's really it's really working. I mean, people are meeting and, and uh, I'm excited to see what God does with it all.
0: Amen. Yeah, and so for Tim and I, our role is to help spark some other conversations, interactions, keep this before you all. And we're not going to play the role of the Holy Spirit, but we are going to make sure that it's an important value that we continue to hold up as
1: important agreed yeah we'll be here for that really all this these things that we do you know i say it you know i'll say it again and again but really it can't be done without god it can't be done with the holy spirit's guidance we need that um but god's chosen to use us as tools and so we just need to be obedient to what god's called us to do and so um as long as we uh keep reminding each other and encouraging each other with what the mission is um, then we iron sharpens iron. That's how it works. Amen.
0: So in your observations, what are some differences between making disciples with men versus making disciples women with women?
1: Um, Well, I haven't had an experience that much, you know, (laughs) uh, on the other side of things. Yeah. Um, But I would say based on what I hear and based on what I've seen, you know when you're dealing with men you can typically be um a little more direct and a little more you can push a little more Uh, women uh, tend to be a little more sensitive and uh, um, in in a good way and so so there's differences i mean it's just like anything if you're training anybody uh, uh typically you know, that's just the way women are wired. They're more relational right up front, men are not. And so, gather. you know, gathering together and talking about things is, is not as difficult for women. They just do it naturally more than men yeah, typically. we got to
0: talk about the ball team yeah, or right. work or something, and then, right. then we'll get on to this.
1: Right, yeah. right. So you mentioned before, like, some of the things, some of the times you're you're discipling somebody who have already created a relationship with. I think that really is probably the biggest difference is, is women are more likely to to get together and start getting together even if they don't know each other that well because they can immediately connect typically yes. more than men and where that's where the men's uh, ministry can come into play maybe in some ways like having a breakfast on Saturdays like they do doing some serving together rubbing elbows going hunting doing fish you know doing some of these activities that get guys out and doing things and then develop the relationship before you dive in and say hey would you like to get together and and be discipled and learn more what it means to follow Jesus. Um, I'm just, these are generalities, but typically I would say it takes a little while for a guy to get a relationship enough to to be in that kind of uh, discipleship um, relationship. Right. Women's probably a little easier actually. Right. So one of the, the other
0: interactions I've had and even thought this down through the years is, well, I'm in a small group or I'm leading a small group and how does making disciples one-to-one or like
1: one person with a couple people, how is that different
0: from a small
1: group? Well, in a small group, I mean, I would hope in a small group a lot, some of this does happen. Um, sure. Depending on how you're running the small group, um, there should be some of this happening at some level. Um, but the difference when you have a smaller group, whether it's one or a couple guys getting together is it focuses in on their life um, oftentimes in small groups you can kind of use some generalities uh, and you're going through scriptures and you're you're talking about maybe you know what's the scripture mean and and how we can do this in our lives you know but when it's one-on-one it's like you know what are you doing mm-hmm. like it's not just like oh yeah we should read scripture we should do this when it's one-on-one it's like well tom what are you reading in scripture this week um it it's more personal, it's more real. It's not it's less theory and very personal and practical. That's the difference I think for the most part between a small group and, and individual discipleship.
0: Yeah. So, how long do you meet? Like once a week, once a month, and then for one year, for two years,
1: five years. Good question. Uh I don't there's it's not a program, so we don't have any set times on this thing um i typically like meeting once a week myself because i feel like if you you're going to miss a week here and there just just happens with life and so if you're meeting every other week and you miss one it kind of gets pretty long um and so i like meeting once a week and the timing is really depends on on the person and this is part of the the each one equip one uh, blueprint that we came up with kind of gives us a we have a baseball diamond kind of looking thing that says like here's uh, where you start, here's what it means. You know, you start at the very beginning. Who is Jesus? W- who's the real Jesus? What does he want? Uh, why did he come to earth? You know, uh, what is my role here? Uh, uh, where am I at? All You know, so it kind of depends on where you're starting from, depending on the person you're with. Uh, somebody might be, just be coming in never doesn't know Jesus yet. And so you yes. got to start there. And so it depends on where you're starting from. And then as you work around the base path, so to speak, as we call it, you know, as as is really learning about, Following Jesus in every aspect of your life and how that works practically. Yeah, and so You know, you know, I would say in general if you're meeting once a week, it should be You know, it might be around a year uh, Nine months to a year to a year and a you know year and a half uh, You know, whatever it takes to get through kind of all the the blueprint that we set up And then of course at the end of it the expectation is that the person you're discipling will be equipped to disciple somebody else. Exactly. And that's the expectation. And so however long that takes, uh, that's how long it takes. So I could say, you know, in general, I'd say nine months to a year and a half, something like that.
0: Yeah. And I think the next question is, do we see this next generation kind of disciple making happening? Have you seen that happen? Or, I mean seems to me that oftentimes people go through and then they kind of drop it and they don't pick up that next generation. Okay, now I need to be a disciple maker. And I guess I'm just really thinking out loud here right, in a right. sense is what, from your perspective, what, what happens? Why, why does the baton get dropped?
1: Yeah, I, I think, think it's because, honestly, I'm just thinking about this myself as part of the reasons why why we're actually doing this is because, like, why hasn't this really happened? Uh, you know, you read scripture, it's pretty clear, like we're supposed to go and make disciples. I mean, that's the last thing Jesus said before he ascended. Um, And so, uh, you know, it's like some of the things we're a work in progress as a church family, I'm a work in progress as a person. It's like, we really haven't intentionally done this, maybe like we probably should have. And so now's the time we're doing it. And so we really, I, I think it's because we weren't intentional about it. And we didn't, when we did do it, we didn't really set the expectation that okay, you are going to be expected to continue this on.
0: Yeah, I think that's the key, and that's what I'm thinking. I agree. Is this is so you can be a disciple maker? Right. It's not just so you can go through this and learn a bunch of junk. That's exactly right. Not, not junk. Not I mean, junk. I know, good, I know. Good stuff.
1: Yeah. 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 No yeah. doubt. But and so you you end up with the the. Uh, the idea that there's like a handful of people that are really good at this and they just do this with everybody. And then the other people, they just go through it and they check the box that, okay, I went through that thing with pastor Tom. Right. And, and so we didn't formally kind of say, no, this is an expectation. And so that's why we're doing it now because, and then, you know, hopefully, you know, we get a few years down the road, then we, it's just a part of our culture.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I've done things with people, you've done things with people, and sometimes they do become people who lead studies and do great ministry, but Mm -hmm. that intentional part of it is
1: important. Uh, For sure, for sure. And, you know, so the great prayer is that it just becomes a movement. And like I've said before, I pray that it does become a movement that just, you know, uh, changes Generations of people around here and around the world, quite frankly, for sure. Ultimately,
0: if you've ever done some study on this, they say, well, if you continue to multiply generation after generation, you can like reach the world right. in 20 years. Obviously, that hasn't happened. So right. there've been a lot of batons
1: that have been dropped between here and there, for sure. But they didn't start with many. No. Um, and so we have way more than they had to begin with right in our church family right now. So this is true. Um, so I'm, I have high, high uh, peripheral hopes for yeah. what this is going to do. Me too. And so I, I think it's just, I, I'm just kind of thinking about church in general and, and just the American church. Um, Good. Cause that's where I was going to oh, go next yeah. too. No, no, continue on. So, so, you know, oftentimes when I'm, if I do a sermon or I'm speaking, you know, I, I've been calling the the American church club, uh, you know, it's going to Sundays, you know, occasionally going to church, doing kind of the church activities. But I think we've, and I, this is why I feel it's so important and why it's been lost a little bit is because we we've kind of changed the mindset of what it means to follow Jesus. I think we kind of de-emphasized following Jesus and became a culture in America, at least of just, um, self-centered Christianity. Like it's about me. Like I'll, I'll think about it. Uh, I'll say this prayer so I can get to heaven. Um, you know, I try to negotiate with Jesus like, okay, well, I don't really want to do this. I don't really want to do that, but I, I'll say this prayer and then I'll have my ticket to heaven and, uh, I'll just kind of live my life pretty much like everybody else, but I'll go to church occasionally. I might even serve and do some things and I'll be a good person for sure. And I'm not going to do all the bad stuff that some of those, my neighbors doing for sure. Uh, but I have got my ticket to heaven, but I pretty much lead my life the same as everybody else. And I think, uh, you know, as as you probably heard before, you know, the gospel, as I, well, as I said, Jesus said to make disciples, not converts. And so I think we got into this mode of just having people say a prayer so that they're saved and they, have it, you know, they go to heaven when they die. And we have de-emphasized, like, no, like Jesus says, uh, in order to be my disciple, like, you need to deny yourselves and carry my cross. Uh, you have to give up all allegiance to other things. I'm the king. And, and so we've de-emphasized that, whole mindset. And that's, that's really a lot of the discipleship that I'm doing currently is getting people's mind shift to, you know, the reality is there's a king. And when Jesus came, he said, the kingdom is at hand. and And the mindset is I need to repent and change directions and follow the king. And that's what we need to do every day, and that's what we're called to do is is to to live a life that's uh, on God's agenda. And what's He doing? And and understanding that my allegiance is with the King now, and so I'm I'm am His servant, and I'm not just it's not about me trying to figure out the least thing I have to do so that when I die I go to heaven, but it's like no, the mission is now, and the King's on mission, and so I need to be part of that mission. And the crazy thing about it is, though, it's like like the Gospels all are upside down, you know, from the world, is that that's the greatest adventure because that's what we're designed to do. And so so being a part of that is the greatest joy you can have, the greatest Amen. fulfillment that you can have. It's the it's the greatest everything. And it's not just saying a prayer so I can get to heaven someday and I just try to live this American dream and grind it out while I'm here on earth. And, and I think that whole mind shift, and I think the church is... Uh, not honestly done a a poor job of conveying the actual true gospel
0: yeah and people are saved and sit when like you said we should be converted and then go to work right and who do we work for we work for jesus that's right and sometimes we use the uh phrase the the mission of god we're involved in the mission of god i mean what could be more exciting exactly but Yeah, something, like you say, whether it's cultural, whether we just allowed it, I think what happens is that as pastors and as leaders in the church, we just kind of let people do that because we're afraid, well, if we push too hard, they're going to go somewhere else and just go to the show somewhere else, which they can and will
1: sometimes. Uh, That's true. That's true. But, but Um, That's not what we're called to do. We're not called to have the biggest crowd or the most people or anything else. We're called to make disciples. And so, um, and it's really ultimately for their greatest good. And so, uh, you know, doing a watered down version of the gospel does nobody any good. And and it's really, it's a disservice. And so when you think about anything of training people in any kind of just practical activity, it's like, you do the things like you spend time with them. You show them how to do it. You you maybe they read a book on something how to do. Like we don't do any of those things. We just kind of say say a prayer. You're good. And um, now we don't try to do that as a church. No, you're no. Saying we the American, don't. Do that. I'm talking about the American, American church, church club. culture. Okay. American church club. Okay. Um, and so that's why you don't see people making disciples. Um, and so that's why you know even when you you get down to true, you know you've seen these Barnes studies and this and that. You get down to like. How many people really in America have a true Christian worldview? And, you know, it's like minute, it's like 7%. Yeah. Even if.
0: Barna, George Barner is a guy who does all of these different studies and he sends, he goes out and asks people questions who are Christians and then yeah. he gets these very
1: interesting results back. That's right. That's right. So I just think that, that th- for a variety of motivations, maybe not even, uh, you know, maybe misguided and not meant to be this way that's the way our culture has become is it's a self-centered culture. It's no different than it ever has been. And so, um, you know, there's enough people that believe in God that they, they know they don't want to go to hell. They want to be in heaven, you know, but the interesting thing is they don't want to spend any time with God. Now they just want to live their life, live in the American dream. And then when they die, they want to be in heaven. And so that's why I think because religion, man-made religion, You know, we we tend to mold it to the way we want it. And that's what we I think the American Church Club has done that and say, well, what's the least thing we can do? Well, let's we'll say a prayer. And then um, if we do that, then and we'll mold it this way, we'll read scripture that way. So to say that, you know, it says if you just believe you you are saved. So that's all we'll do. We'll just say we believe. Um, And that's what that's what the American Church Club has done, I feel
0: yeah no i agree and it's just the momentum the pull is always in that direction and so overcoming that it's like it has to be very purposeful for sure and if not then we just sink into that kind of mold and mindset that's
1: right it goes the other way too It, it becomes works oriented and so it's like if we do the if we do these certain things and we just do 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 then we're then we're also we're trying to do things to make sure that we get to heaven or or we go clear to the other side and say, well, we don't right. have to do anything. We just say a prayer and we're in. And and that's that's man-made stuff. We try to figure out a way when God is just asking for a relationship. Yeah. I just want you to be in a real relationship with me. I love you. Uh, you have access to me anytime you want. And then I have this awesome mission for you to do and Amen. accomplish. And and unfortunately, we religion gets in the way and, and man gets in the way. And we try to make up our own thing. And... And so, anyway, that's what discipleship is—is is really helping people understand what it, who Jesus really is, what he's really asking of us, uh, the mission uh, of of proclaiming his good news and and training others to do the same thing. Amen. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, and you are called to do that that's right i am called to do that tim is called to
0: do that and it's not because i'm a pastor it's not because tim is an elder it's because that's the calling of god for those who follow jesus right and so the last thing one of the last things he said was go and make disciples right we're not exempt from that that's a personal call and that's what we're all called to do and be about. And so, yeah, we can come up with excuses and we can try to evade it, but it's really important. And so I hope you all take uh, what Tim has shared to heart and the things we've said and just consider it and ask God, how shall I respond? How can I get involved? And we'd love to share more with you about how to do that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And of course, it all all starts with your own relationship. And so that's got to be real. You've got to have a real relationship. And and as you work on that, um, you can't help but fall in love with God. And you can't help but want to share that. Uh, If it's really real, then you want it. It's like anything in life, the smallest, silliest thing, you find a great deal at the store. You tell all your friends about it, right? Well, this is like, 100 million times more important than that and when you truly love and follow jesus then you want everybody to be a part of that and it's 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 becomes uh uh, just heartbreaking and gut-wrenching when people won't do it and they when you know the good news and you know what's in store for them if they just will follow jesus he's got the greatest uh plan for their life um and he wants them to be a part of it so so that becomes the driver of everything you do Uh, once you totally soul out to Jesus and, and, and go on to his agenda. Amen.
0: We hope that's encouraging to you and challenging to you. And Tim, it's been good to have you sharing a little bit with us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. God bless everyone.